All right, it's 8.40, we're ready to get started. Tonight we're going to be learning Daf Pei, Maseches Psachim Daf Pei, entering another new 10 into the Pei's. Um, I think this is almost exactly the two-thirds mark of Maseches Psachim, or Hashem, we're making a very good headway, which also, maybe it's a little scary, means we're about 40 some odd days away from, from Pesach. So we have our preparation uh, cut out for us. Yesterday, we began a, a conversation about, um, well, I should say we continued a conversation about what's referred to as Pesach Abba Betuma. That there are some years where the Korban Pesach is brought Betuma because most of the people um, are, are Tame. And if most of the people are Tame, so we have this concept uh, where where Tuma is permissible, either Hutra or Dechuya, either it's totally fine to be Betuma that year, Mutter Mamish, or it's Dechuya, it's Bidiyabit, but we allow it. And then one of the questions that was generated uh, by the Tanoim is what happens if you have a fixed number of people in your community? Let's say that there are 100 people, 50 of them are Tameh, and 50 of them are Tahor. So yesterday we quoted a machlokis between Rav and Rav Kahana, and really two versions of Rav Kahana. And with that, we were left with three different shitas in the Amorim. And the three different shitas in the Amorim are going to be reflected in brisas that seem to support each of those three Amorim. And that's where we're going to start with, which is with brisas, an ayin testament base, a little bit more than halfway down, about 10 lines or so from the wide lines, beginning with Tanya Kavase Dirav. Each of these brisas will reflect one of the three shitas that we learned yesterday. Let's get started. Tanya Kavase Dirav. We have a brisa like the opinion of Rav, and we also have a, a brisa like Rav Kahana, and both versions of Rav Kahana. We'll review what those cheetahs were right now, so you don't have to remember them from yesterday. Tanya Kavase de Rav. Here's brisa number one. What does brisa number one say? Hayu Yisrael In our city of 50 people, of 100 people, excuse me, 50 are Tahor and 50 are Tameh. So the halacha is, says Rav, that everybody does the Korban Pesach and Yud Dalad Nisan by, by Pesach proper. Halalu Osin La'atzman, the people who are Tahor will do their Korban. And the Halalu Osin La'atzman and the people who are Tameh will do their Korban, but everybody is doing the Korban on Yud Dalad Nisan. That's Brisa number one. Tanya Kilish Rav Kahana. We also have a Brisa that supports the first version of Rav Kahana. What does that Brisa say? So that Brisa says as follows. In our city of 100, 50 people are Tahor and 50 people are Tameh. So what does Rav Kahana say in his first version? The people who are Tahor, they do the Korban Pesach properly. However, they don't do it on, um, on Yud Dalad Nisan. Rather, they push off, or I should say they're pushed off to do their korban on Pesach Sheni. So they do it a month later, Nisan Iyar, Yudalad of the month of Iyar. So that's the sheet of Rav Kahana. Again, Rav says that the Tmein do it even on Yudalad of Nisan. And Rav Kahana version one says that the, the, the Tmein, the people who are Tamei, will bring their korban on Pesach Sheni. Now here's the third brisa, Vitanya Kalishna Basra de Rav Kahana. Now here is a brisa, four lines from the wide lines. We're two thirds of the way down an Ayin Testament base. And this third brisa reflects the opinion of Rav Kahana, the second version of Rav Kahana. What does this brisa say? In our city of 100, 50 people are Tahor and 50 people are Tameh. So what does this uh, third brisa say? Reflecting the Shita of 
Rav Kahana number two, Tehoren Osen Esarishon, saying that as in all three cases, that the people who are Tehoren, if there are 50 people out of the 100 that are Tehoren, they do their Korban on time, Yadalad Nisan, Utmein, check this out, last of the short lines, Einan Osen Lo Esarishon Velo Esasheni. The people who are Tameh, according to Rav Kahana number two, they don't bring a Korban Pesach that year at all. In a case of 50-50, Rav Kahana number two holds, there is no Korban Pesach for the Tmein. Now the Gemara is going to ask a few questions because if you look at these three brises, they're all anonymous. And usually we have an assumption that a Stam Mishnah is Rav Meir, it's somebody, but it doesn't seem to be that these are following party lines. It just seems to be that they're anonymous brises, and seemingly all of them should be viable. But they can't all be viable because the brises conflict with one another. So the Gemara asks the question through the lens of the Amorayim as to which brises don't make sense. So let's, uh, let's get started with the questions here. This will take us until three lines from the bottom of the page. We're going to ask um, three good questions. Here's question number one. According to Rav, who says that the Tmein bring their korban on Yudalad Nisan. And according to the second version of Rav Kahana, who holds that they don't bring a korban at all, that the Tmein are not allowed to bring a korban at all in this case, not even on Pesach Sheni, well, that will pose a problem because the middle brisa seems to disagree with that. What does the middle brisa say? Hadatana, we have a brisa to Horinos and Esarishon, Utmein Es Hasheni. We have a brisa that says that there are people who are Tameh who should uh, bring their korban on Pesach Sheni. But that doesn't work according to Rav, and it doesn't work according to Rav Kahana number two. It only works according to Rav Kahana number one. But if that's true, then Hechi Metartzela, how will Metartze is plural, ending in the A sound with the Yud, how will they, Rav and Rav Kahana number two, answer up the Brisa, which is our Brisa number two that we learned about? So says the Gemara, second wide line, where there must be a, a new kimta going on here. What was that second brisa talking about? Where it says that you taka do bring a, uh, the Korban Pesach, the Tmein do bring the Korban Pesach on Pesach Sheni, and Yudalit ER, answers the Gemara, explaining the brisa, explaining Rav, and how Rav and Rav Kahana would understand the brisa. All of the men were 50-50. But it wasn't all men. So let's say there were 40 men who were Tamei, 10 women who were Tamei, and that's 50, and there were 50 who were Tahor. So now it's 50-50, right? There's 50 who are Tamei, 10 of whom are women, and 50 who are Tahor, and all of whom are men. So says the Gemara, according to some Rishonim, according to some Tanaim, says the Gemara, they hold that the Korban Pesach Bismano for women is not a mitzvah doraisa. It's a rishus, they're allowed to bring it, but they're not mechuyev to bring it. So then says the Gemara, if that's true, then dal nashim itmein, when you remove the 10 women from the count, because they're only a rishus, they're not mechuyavos. So then what do we have? Then what we end up with is that of the 100, 50 are tahor, 10 were women who are not eligible midoraisa. How many tmein are left that are men? 40. And 40 is a miut of 100. So that second brisa is very clear. It's kaftor v'ferach. It fits perfectly to say that when you have a miut, when you have only 40 men who are tmein and 50 other men who are tahor, the halacha is that the 40 is the miut. And because the 40 is the miut, so the halacha is that they're pushed off to Pesach Sheni. That is the ukimta of brisa number two and explains how Rav and Rav Kahana number two would understand this brisa. Says the Gemara, here's the next question for us. Lirav, who says that the Tmein still bring their korban on Yodal Nisa. 
And according to the first version of Rav Kahana, who says that they bring the Korban, uh, the Tmein bring the Korban on Pesach Sheni, what do they do with the third Brisa? Hadetanya, the Brisa writes, Tehoranosan Esarishon, the people who are Tahor, yes, of course, they bring it on Yudalad Nisan. What do the Tmein do? What does the third Brisa say? Utmein, ein osin loas harishon veloas hasheni, they don't bring the Korban at all. So then, how then would Rav and Rav Kahana number one explain the Brisa that says clearly that those who are Tmein don't bring a Korban at all? Neither not, they're not going to bring it on, on Pesach Rishon, and they're also not going to bring it on Pesach Sheni. So here the Gemara splits their answers. Rav and Rav Kahana will give different answers. We're about five-sixths of the way down, four-fifths of the way down. Rav Mitarit's law as follows. How will Rav answer? Remember what Rav says. Rav is of the opinion that the Tahorans, that the Tameans still bring the Korban Pesach, even if it's Mechzal Mechza, they still bring it on Yodal and Nisa. How does Rav explain the Brisa that indicates that they should not bring the Pesach at all. The Jewish people total 100. Half of them are Tameh and half of them are Tahor. And the women are in excess on the side of the Tahor, which means that 50, uh, there are 50 Tahorin, but and, and most uh, most of them are men, but 10 of them are women. And some hold, some of the Tanaim hold that Nashim, that women are obligated properly, just like men. It's not a mitzvah sasei man grama in a halachic way. Women, whatever the halachic uh, jargon is to get them to be obligated. But this Tana holds that women are obligated to bring the Korban Pesach only on Pesach Rishon Uvesheni Rishus. Therefore, Berishon Lo Avde to have a mute. The reason why they don't show up, why, why they're not obligated in the beginning is because they're a mute. Umiuta Lo Avde Berishon. And when there's a mute, they don't bring it in the first place. The Tmein are, are less, so they're a smaller group. Uvesheni Lo Avde. And the in the Pesach Sheni, they don't bring it all because Dal Nashiminaihu Avalu Palga. Uh, because women are not obligated in a Pesach Sheni, so therefore the numbers don't work in their favor. Now it's 50-50 Mamish, and because it's 50-50, 50-50 is not brought Sheni. So that's how we could have a scenario whereby, according to both Rav and Rav Kahana, number one, how the third Brisa that we learn makes sense. It makes sense in a case where there are uh, women who are involved in the count, where we would say that women are obligated, according to this approach, women are obligated in the Korban Pesach only if it's done the Pesach Rishon, but not if it's done the Pesach Sheni. Very good. Next uh, answer, how would we remember? We're asking now against Rav Kahana number one. Rav Kahana number one was of the opinion that people who are Tameh and, and who are Bemechza al Mechza, if there's 50 people in a city who are Tameh and 50 who are Tahor, so Rav Kahana number one was of the opinion that they bring, the, the Tameh people bring their Korban and Pesach Sheni. So says the Gemara, how does Rav Kahana explain the Brisa that says that they don't bring it at all? Well, the Rav Kahana, 10, 12 lines from the bottom, I intestinal base with Rav Kahana, Damar Palganami, Avde Besheni. According to those who say, Rav Kahana, who says that if it's Palga or Palga, they do bring on Pesach Sheni. That was a machlokas between Rav and Rav Kahana. Hachimitaritzla, this is how Rav Kahana would understand the b'risa that indicates that those who are tummy don't bring a korban at all, not the Pesach Rishon and not the Pesach Sheni. What does Rav Kahana say? Kigon, what's the ukimta of the third b'risa which says that they don't bring it at all? Kigon, Shahi Yisrael, Mechza Tahorin. 
It's 100 people in the city, 50-50. The women are part of the count of the 50 who are tahor. And he holds that if women are going to be considered a chova for the Korban Pesach, that's only true beyond Tov Rishon, Bepesach Rishon, excuse me, but Bepesach Sheni, it's only a Rishus. There, women are not obligated to bring the Korban Pesach. The Rishon, and according to Rav Kahana, here's how we'd understand this final brisa. The Rishon, Lo Abde, Dehavalu, Palga, Upalga, Upalga, Rishon, Lo Abde. According to the, uh, to the, to the first um, explanation, is that if women are part of the chova, then it's palga upalga, even though they're part of the count, but they're a chova. So it's 50 50, 10 of them may be women, but the numbers are going to hold up. It's still going to be palga upalga. But when there's a case of chiyuv, it's palga upalga, we would say palga barisho and loabde. That's not appropriate. That we should, it's not, they should not bring in the, in the ratio according to Rav Kahana. They should not bring in the Anya Dal and Because since then, we remove women from the count by Pesach Sheni because women are only, according to all Tanoim seemingly, women are not obligated in Pesach Sheni. So therefore, and if you remove the women from the count of the Tahorim, so then the Tameyin are going to be the road. If you take 10 people away from the 50 Tahor, then you have only 40 Tahor and 50 Tamein. And then that's the rove, the Ruba lo Abdei And we never have the people who are the rove to bring the Korban as a Pesach Sheni. And that's how we answered question number two. Here's the third question, last of the middle with lines four or five lines from the bottom. Ula Rav Kahana, according to Rav Kahana, both versions of Rav Kahana, how will Rav Kahana understand the first price that we learned that reflected the Shita of Rav? The first price that we learned indicated that both those who are Tahorin and both those who are Tamein, in the case of Mechsa al Mechsa, both of them bring their korbanos and yodal and nisan. So how does Rav Kahana deal with that? Hadatanya, the Brisa writes, The Brisa writes that if there are 50 people who are tahor and 50 who are tamay, so what did Rav say? What does the Brisa say that Rav is lying uh, is leaning upon? Four lines from the bottom, it's a perfect match. Everybody brings their own. The tahor people, the 50 tahor bring their korban pesach on yodalid nisan. A few minutes later, the 50 Tamein bring it, everybody wins. How does Rav Kahana get out of this? What would he do? Because neither of Rav Kahana's shitas agreed with that. Rav Kahana, number one, said that the Tamein bring on Pesach Sheni. This price says you bring Yodal Nisan on Pesach Rishon. And then the second version of Rav Kahana says that the Tamein don't bring it at all, not on Pesach Rishon or Pesach Sheni. So that for sure doesn't fit. Answers the Gemara. And with this, we'll, uh, we'll almost end this part of the Kahana. You're right. You're absolutely right. That brisa, I can't answer you. Really, there's a machlokes tanoimir, tanoihi. What's the machlokes tanoim? amar mechza al mechza kirov. That's basically the camp of Rav. In Rav's camp, we hold that mechza al mechza is kirov. Each one is treated like a rov. And therefore, like the first brisa taught us about Rav, um, although it was before Rav, but the first brisa taught us is that if each side is treated like the rove, then the people who are tahor bring their korban on Yudalit, and right afterwards the Tmein bring their korban, no problem, because each one's treated like the rove. But according to the camp of Rav Kahana, he's of the opinion that no, when it's 50-50, each side is not viewed like a rove. Each side is viewed either like a half or like a minority, but certainly not like a rove. And that is how Rav Kahana gets out of it. So up until now, up until this final line, we've been of the assumption that all of the brises can intersect perfectly with Nomach Lokes. We explained to Kimtas here and there, there's women in the count, there are women not in the count. There are women above the count, included in the count. Sometimes they're chova, sometimes they're rishus. So with all of those factors that we just learned, 
So that's how the Gemara makes it all work out. However, this answer of Rav Kahana interjects a fundamental machlokas in the Tanaim about whether or not we would say that a mechza al mechza is treated like a rov, or if mechza al mechza, if there are 100 people and 50 are tar, 50 are tame, if they're not treated like a rov. Gufa, we learned in the first brisa, the first brisa that was, uh, was explaining to us that Rav used as his primary text. What did we see there? We saw the following line. We saw Haray Shah Yisrael Mechza Tahor Nu Mechza Tmein 5050. The Brisa says, and Rob quoted afterwards, that everybody brings their korban, both the Torah and the Tmein on Yodal and Nisa. Now, what was, what was missing from that Brisa of Rav, the first Brisa that we saw in the middle of the page, the one where it said Tanya Kavase de Rav, about halfway down on the page, what we were missing was the rest of that Brisa. And here the Gemara presents the rest of the Brisa. And then Rav is going to make a comment on this one that is um, uh, this whole conversation, it just adds a whole new level of nuance. So here we go. What's the rest of the Brisa? Two lines from the bottom, I intestine. Beis Hayu and Ode If there were more people who were Tame, so let's say 60 to 40. Ah, let's not say 60 to 40. Afilu Echad, 51 to 49. It's not even true. It's even if it's just off by one, it's 51 to 50. If there were 101 people in the city and 51 people were Tame, Afilu Echad, and 50 were Tahor, the halacha is Yasu That would be a Pesach, where it's Pesach above a Tuma, where it would be okay, we'd have a more relaxed set of guidelines in regards to Tuma. Why? This principle we're going to see a few times today. We don't like when there's a korban sibur that's chaluk, that's split among the people. It's a very close call, granted. And when we, are, when we have the opportunity to tip the scales, even if tipping the scales means that it's going to be a Pesach HaBabetuma, as long as the Jews are unified, what powerful hashkaf idea woven right here into the halachos of korban Pesach. We'd rather all the Jews bring the Korban Pesach Babituma than have 50 people bring it Betara and 51 people bring it Betuma. No, that is considered Pesach Babituma. That is the Shita of the Tanakama. And the Tanakama holds that if it's 51 to 50, Tame to Tar, it's Pesach Babituma. Rebelazar ben Masi Omer, I don't agree with the Tanakama. One person, if it's 51 Tame to 50 Tahor, that's insufficient. That does not tip the scales. Rebelazar ben Masi holds that's not considered a case of Pesach Babituma. And he quotes a Pasuk to prove his point. Why? Um, as we turn to the top of Peim at Aleph, because the Gemara says, And he makes a diuk on the word echad. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi, top Rashi on the page. The one person's not enough. We need a bigger gap than one. So that's the Shita of Rebbe Lazar ben Masya. Continues the Gemara. Reb Shimon Omer, check this out. Afilu shevet echad tamei ushar kol ha-shvatim tahorin. Yeah, 12 shvatim. One of them had to go to a funeral and everyone's tamei. Everyone's tamei meis. So, but all the other 11 shvatim are tahorin. This is not 51 people in 50. There's millions of people on one side of the fence and one shevet that's tamei. What's the din? Says the Brisa, Halalu Osen La'atzman, Halalu Osen La'atzman. Wow. The Tahorin bring their korban on Yudalid, and then immediately afterwards, the one Shevet that Tameh also brings it. We treat it like the Mechza al Mechza of Rab. 
It says the Gemara, four lines down, my time with Rib Shimon. Why does Rib Shimon hold that way? Because, and here we get into the lambdas. This is a real lambdash idea. Kasavar, Shevet Echad Ikri Kahal. The reason why is because Kol Kahal Adas Yisrael, this is a Kahal too. When they're in the form of a Shevet, the Shvatim have a halachic aspect to them in that any one Shevet is a Kahal, it's a Kahila. And therefore, there's one Shevet, which is a Kahal. The other Shvatim are also considered Kahal. It's as if it's 50-50 on the scales. That's how Rabbi Shimon looks at it. Rabbi Huda Omer, Afilu Shevet Echad Tamei Ushar Kol HaShvatim Tehorim. They're not 50-50. No way. Yasu The opposite. One of the 12 Shvatim is Tamei. 11 of them are Tehorim. What's the din? A wild Chumrah. It's Pesach Ababetuma. We treat everyone as though they're Tamei. It's only one twelfth. It's literally 8% of the Jewish people. But we say Pesach Ababetuma according to this sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Again, the Achtos. She'en korban tzibor chaluk. We don't want the Jewish people to be in different groupings. We'd rather take 90 plus percent of Klal Yisrael who are all Tehorim and have them be Pesach Babatuma, have them bring this year to bring it with the more relaxed guidelines of Pesach Babatuma than we would to have those 90% bring it to Tahara, but to be Chaluk, to have the separate distinctions in Klal Yisrael of the 90% that are Tehorim, the 11 Shvatim are all Tahor, and there's the one that's Tameh. Wow, huge, uh, huge sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda Savar, Shevet Echar, Igri Kahal, Palga, Upalga. He says, yeah, it, we do treat them like 50-50, so it's not exactly like I said, but here's the nuance, here's the twist. So he actually has a little bit of a mix going on. Yes, it's true. When there's one Shevet that's Tameh and 11 that are Tahor, we treat that as Palga, Upalga. But there's another factor that tips the scales, and that is that a korban tzibur cannot be chaluk. We cannot have the distinctions, and therefore everyone is babatuma. The only way to get them all to be together, since one element of the kahal is considered to be tame, is to have them all be to all bring the pesach babatuma. Itmar the Amoraim discussed twelve lines down, approximately. Peyam Aleph says the Gemara Hayyisrael mechza taharu mechza tzmein. We've had this case before, but now, unlike earlier, where Rav said that if it's fifty people in town who are Tahor and 50 who are Tameh, that it should be, that everyone should bring it on Yudal. And he says, before we get to that decision, we need to tip the scales. Same line of reasoning that we just saw in this b'risa. Omar Rab, Go find me a volunteer. I'm going to make him Tameh b'sheretz. Why? Because then we're going to tip the scales to say, Pesach we don't want mechza u mechza. Yeah, we've debated about it over the last block. The Fayin test is all about mechza u mechza. Yeah, that's what we would do if tachlis it was 50-50. But we avoid it wherever we can. I'm going to make you tame tumas sheret so that we have a case of tame a pesach ha Ve'amai? Why? Why would you do that? Ne'avdu hani l'chudayu v'ani l'chudayu. Why would you do that? Let the Tahorin bring their korban and let the Tameyan bring their korban, just like you said a blot ago, Rob. Why would you say that? The Amar Rav, you yourself, from your own mouth. Halalu osan asman halalu osan asman. What is Rav trying to do? Why is it that if it's 50-50, that he takes a sheret and he touches some guy, ah, 51, we make you tell me it's Pesach. Why? Amre, hacha b'maya and what are we dealing with here? Kigon shahayu Tameyan, Odfin ala tahor and echa. Strange answer. It's 51 to 50. 
says Gemara, <laughs> then why would you be Matame someone with a sharent? If, if, if it's true that it's 51 to 50, then you already have your robe. We don't need the sharent. If you're telling me the Ukimtas that it's 51 to 50, go put your sharents away. Everything's fine. It's Pesach Ababatuma. You got what you wanted without even trying. Says the Gemara, well, no, maybe maybe 51 to 50 is really but if 51 to 50 is really because you hold like Rebbe Lazar ben Masya, then question falls right back. Rav, what are you doing with the Sheret? Why are you trying to tip the scales? Still, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. We're basically back to our question against Rav. If there are 50 people who are tummy and 50 people who are tower, you're going to walk over to one guy and touch him with a sheret. Why would you do that? Answers the Gemara, answer number one. Almost halfway down, halfway down, pay him at Aleph. Here is why Rav would say we need to tip the scales. If, in fact, we have a sheet in the Tanaim that holds, that if there are 50 people who are Tameh and 50 who are Tahor, that that's not considered to be uh, Pesach Ababetuma. And if you say, to that, in addition, that we're not allowed, we don't want Klal Yisrael to be split up. We don't want half being Tahor and half being Tameh. Then under those circumstances, with those two Shittas combined, he says, because, let me just put it in another frame. This principle of, um, of Ein, uh, just lost line, of Ein Korban Sibur Chaluk, it's not some feel-good type of halacha. It's a din. It's a din. We don't let it stand in a place where that, where we can solve the problem. Go get a sheretz and make somebody. Tameh, it'll be Pesach, Ababatuma will tip the scales. That was the answer of, um, that was the answer of Rav. Now let's see the answer of Ula. The Ula Amar, I have a better solution than that. Don't touch them with a Sheretz. Send them out of town. Send them on vacation. One-way ticket. Come back later at another point. The Ula Amar, send the guy out of town. Why? Why? Why didn't you like Rav's answer? What do you care? Tuma is Tuma. Rachok is Rachok. He's unavailable. Whatever you're doing, you're making it so that it's going to be Pesach Ababa Tuma. Whatever it is, just send the guy out of town. Who? What? Why can't you say Sheretz? Says the Gemara, we can't. Because Ula had a Kula. What did Ula hold? He held that you could still bring a court. The Sheretz won't help you. You walk over to someone with one of the Shemona Shrotsim and you throw it at them and they become Tameh. Doesn't change anything because you're allowed to bring a korban pesach when you're tummy betumas sheret. So that doesn't work. So then says the Gemara, why doesn't Ula recommend something else? Vitam enu mace. Maybe uh, send him to the funeral. Said they haven't touched a mace. You're going to tell him he's got to be part of the chevra kadisha today. And somebody passed away. Rahman al We're going to make him tummy mace. Why doesn't Ula recommend that? Well, because says Ula, if you do that, then madchehu atam michagigaso. If you do that, then he's going to miss out on his korban chagiga. <laughs> yeah, he's going to miss out on his Korban Chagiga. That's true. But Ashtanami, Matchei, Pischo. If you make him tummy on the Korban Pesach, if you make him tummy for the Korban Chagiga, then he can't bring the Korban Pesach. You're, you're trading Korbanos at this point. Why would you do that? Says the Gemara. Well, Efsha, the Korban Pesach, Tavi Bisheni. I'd rather him miss out on his Chagiga than on the Korban Pesach because the Korban Pesach, you could bring on Yudalit of Iyar, bring it the next month. 
So says the Gemara, the mace nami. I could come up with a circumstance too, where even if it was a tumas mace, where you could still bring the korban chagiga. How would that work out? If he only has to wait seven days, he becomes tame and erev pesach. So count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Sprinkle the mechatas. It'll be fine by day seven. Bring it. That'll be the eighth day of Yontif. He can bring his korban chagiga yotze. Says the Gemara, no. Stop with all the shot of Ataria. Here is what Ula really holds. Kasavar Ula. Really, all of the korbanos chagiga have to do with tashlumen. You can't ruin day number one of the chagiga by making him tamemes because he has to be chazi on the first day to bring the korban chagiga. And that's how Rab and Ula argue in regards to tipping the scales. They agree that you should tip the scales to make it Pesach Ababatuma so that it's not a korban chaluk, that we don't have two different groups in in Klal Yisrael, half of them are Torah, half of them have Tameh. We know we want to solve that problem. Rav says it's sufficient with Tumah Sheretz, but because Ula allows for someone to Tameh with Tumah Sheretz to bring the Korban Pesach, we need another way to solve the problem. So therefore Ula says, send him out of town, send him a Darabra No Tumah Smeis, that doesn't work out because we need him to be Shaykh, at least in principle, we need him to be Shaykh for the Korban Chagig on day one. Amar Lu Rav Nachman, I hate to be so practical. Who are you getting to go out of town? to say, who wants to volunteer to not bring the Korban Pesach this year? Somebody go tell Ula the following. Man Sayis, who's going to listen to you? He's going to uproot his tent. And his family, goodbye. I'm out. I see you guys later. I'll be the Baal Chesed. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And in short, this rhetorical comment of Rav Nachman means that he holds like Rav, that if it were to be the case, that there were 100 people in the city, 50 of them tar, 50 of them tummy, were matame one person to share it. Oh, crazy answer. Okay, good. Itmar, let's continue. Uh, we're about three-fourths of the way down, about five lines or so from the Y lines. Amar, uh, Itmar, Hayuruban Zavin, if most of, Kla that's a remarkable thing, if most of the Tzibor, if there are 100 people, so let's say that 60 of them are Zavin, Umiyutin Tmei Mason, 40 of them, our tame mace, a zav is not allowed to, to bring the korban pesach, but a tame mace is a zav is not allowed. So Amar Rav, Osan Tmei Mason, the 40 people in this community who are tame mace, ain't an Osan Lovarishon Vulavasheni. They don't bring the korban at all. Why not? Why do these Tmei Mason not bring the korban at all? Because the Rishon Lo Avde Yuta, because there are only 40 out of the 100. There's no mute that brings the korban on day one. That's not appropriate. Umiyuta Lo Avde Barishon. And Besheni Nami Lo Avde, because Kol Hecha De Avde Tzibor Berishon Avid Yachin Besheni. When there is a Tzibor to do the Korban on Yudalad Nisan, then we allow the Yachin to bring Besheni. But here, Kol Hecha De Lo Avde Tzibor Berishon, no Korban was brought on Yudalad. Because in this Klal Yisrael year, 60 of them were Zavin. They were not allowed to bring the Korban. So no one brought it. So if no, if there's no robe to bring it on Yudalit Nisan, there's no Pesach Sheni for the Tmei Mason, the 40 of them to bring it on Pesach Sheni. It's not going to happen this year. Amar Luhu Shmuel. Shmuel says to Rab, Zilu Amrule. He says to his Talmidim, go to the other base measures. Go tell Abba. Go tell Le Abba. Say to, say to Rab, that's his nickname. What about the Pasuk? Who's going to bring the Korban Pesach this year? There's no one to bring it. Says the Gemara, Amar Lahu, Rav says back to the Talmidim who were there. He sent an entourage and he says back to them, Zilu Amrule, go back to Shmuel and tell him, Ki Habu, Ki Habu, Ki Habu, Kul, Who's Zavin, Maya Badisle. 
my, my hands are tied behind my back. Everyone's a zav. Not allowed to bring the Korban Pesach. It's just what it is. Onis Rachman Apatre. There's nothing I could do. So that's what he says is the case. My There's nothing I can do. These people are all zavit. Well, that's life. That's the way things are. That's the way the cookie crumbles. There's nothing going to happen here. So that's the case of Ruban Zavin and Mute. Um, and Mute Tmei Mesim. Let's see at another iterations, five, six lines from the bottom. Itmar Hayu Ruban Tmei Mesim. If most people were Tamei Mes, ah, that's the classic parameters of Pesach Babatuma. You have most people who are Tamei Mes. Umiutan Zavin, 60 people are Tamei Mes, 40 people are Zavin. Ravuna Amar, Ein Tashlum in the Pesach Babatuma. The Zavin, Ein Tashlum in the Pesach Babatuma. If we're in a category of this, is such an important idea. Once we trigger Pesach Ababa Tumah, there's no Pesach Sheni. There's no Tashlum and you cannot make up the Korban. It's not true. We can solve that problem at a later point. Maybe Rav Huna and Rav Adabar Ava, who argue about Tashlum by Pesach Ababa Tumah, maybe they're really arguing about something that we've already seen before. What might they be arguing about? Name of four lines from the bottom. According to Rav Huna, who says that when it's a year that's Pesach there's no Tashlumen, you can't make it up in Pesach Sheni. Why is it that that's true? Because Tuma Really, we don't want to be lenient. We need to be because everybody's Tmei Mesim. Fine, Nebuch, it's Pesach It's not Hutra. It's Dechuya, it's Bidiyevet. And that's why we don't allow for Tashlumen. Masha'en came two lines from the bottom. According to Rabbi Bar Ava, who holds that there is Tashlumen for Pesach Babatuma, Kasavar, maybe the reason why he allows the Tashlumen is because that when we say Pesach Babatuma, it's Mamisha Heter. It's totally fine. Green light. Do as you need. Says the Gemara, Amre Lo. No, that's not true. We've already seen this. We said the other day that this was true. We don't hold of Tuma. Hutra b'tzibur, it's not a blanket, carte blanche, everything is fine. It's dechuya, it's not ideal. Really, the machlokes about tashlumen between Rav Huna and Rav Adabarav is about something else. Mar Savar, as we turn to the top of Payamid Beis. Tahara medachya, tumalo medachya, that when it comes to a Pesach that's b'tahara, then we have medachya, uh, then we allow for people to push off. That's okay. Take a look at Rashi. Tahara medachya. If you have people who brought the korban on Yudalanisa, then we allow for Erdichui for Pesach Sheni. But Tuma lo Medachia, that's the Tanakama, that's the Shita of Ravuna. Umar Savar, Afilu Tuma Nami Medachia, and the Shita of Ravada Barava is that even if there's going to be a year of Pesach Ababatuma, they're simply arguing about a narrow din. It's myopic. They're only arguing about whether or not there is Pesach Sheni when it's Pesach Ababatuma. Next case, two lines from the top, second line. We're going to be going about two thirds of the way down. Umar Sava, uh, no, sorry, that's not where we are. Two lines down. Itmar, Hayushlishisan Zavin. One third of the sea were 33 people. Let's assume there are 99 this time. Math works better. 33 people are Zavin. Ushlishisan Tahorin. 33 people are perfectly Tahor. Ushlishisan Tamei Mesim. And a third are Tamei Mes. Says Ravmani Amar, Ravmani Barpatish. Nothing doing for them. Those who are Tamei Mace, the 33 people who are Tamei Mace out of the 99, they will not end up bringing a Korban Pesach this year. Because 
they're not allowed to bring because the 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 um the tmei mesim are in the minority. They're the smallest crowd, and the other people are uh, are not uh, are, are going to be on, in the majority. So the tmei mesim are not allowed to bring. And b'sheni lo avdei, and with this it'll take us to the Mishnah. B'sheni lo avdei nitzrifu zavim tmei mesim. Now on the other side, the zavim they are tamei and never eligible for korban. And they're mitzdarif to the Tmei Mesim who are currently Tamei and haven't brought yet. And now they're the rove. The lo Barishon, the people who were Tamei Mesim, the Zavin, that, who did not bring in the first days. Now there are 66 people to have a Luhuruba. But Ruba lo madchu Pesach Sheni. So that's what happens when the community is split into thirds, a third Zav, a third Tahor, and a third Tamei Mesim. Next, Mishnah, Baruch Hashem. We're getting there. This, pes- this parak has just a couple of blot left. I think we'll be done uh, maybe Shabbos, maybe Sunday. Oh, wow. Early next week. Just kidding. Let's continue. Ha Pesach, Shenizrak Damo. Let's say the Korban Pesach. You're uh, you're the you're 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 the uh, the Kohen, and you just did the Zrika for for a particular Chaburah's Korban Pesach. Then what do you find out? You find out that the the Basar in fact is Tame. What do you do? Nebach says the Gemara Hatzitz Miratza that the tit of the Kohen Gadol has the power to rectify the situation, the power of the tzitz, and therefore, that the zrika was done on meat that we found out that was actually um, basar, that was nitma at the time of the zrika, it doesn't make a difference. The din is that that is considered hurza, you were yotze the din. However, nitma aguf of the bailim, let's say, that the people became tame, ain't a tzitz mirate. The tzitz doesn't function on people. The tzitz functions on korbanos. So ain't a tzitz mirate, amru, because as we've learned already once or twice, but here's the actual marim makom in a mishnah, ha nazir pesach, ha tzitz mirate, al tumas hadam, vein a tzitz mirate, al tumas aguf. It applies, it only applies to animals, not to people. Nitma tumas hatehom. This is an idea we'll speak about um, tomorrow. Tumas hatehom is a type of suffix tuma. The tzitz would help with that. But let's analyze the first part of this Gemara just for today, and then we'll wrap up in just a few minutes. Opens the Gemara one-third of the way down, daf peyam and beis. The Gemara makes a deal. We said in the Reisha of our Mishnah that if the Korban Pesach was had Zrika Saddam, and only afterwards we found out that it was Tamei that the tzitz helps. So the Gemara makes a deal. Taima, the Nizrak ve'achar kachnoda. The reason why the tzitz is Miratza in such a case is because you already did the Zrika Saddam. And then you found out afterwards that the meat was problematic. Aval noda, but let's say you first found out that the meat was problematic. The achar kach nizrak. And then you still did the zrika with knowledge that the basar was problematic. Maybe we'd say lo maratza. Maybe we would atardiyu from the Gemara, from the Mishnah. The Mishnah seems to imply that your knowledge is the goreng. It's not the mitzias of what the animal is, because in retrospect, we know the animal was problematic. But your knowledge of it seems to make a difference. That if you know, knew about it, then the tzitz won't help you. And if you didn't know about it, the tzitz seems to help you. Or minu, but that doesn't fit with the following brisa. How powerful is the tzitz? Where is its efficacy? Says the Gemara. It applies to blood. It applies to meat. Bain Seems to be, it's extremely powerful. And it doesn't seem to be that your knowledge makes a difference. Yet the diuk of the Gemara was against the Mishnah that your knowledge does make a difference. We don't see that distinction here. Seems to be that the, the tzitz should work no matter what. We'll see two answers and then we'll stop. Amar Ravina, halfway down, almost halfway down, Payam and Bez. Ravina says, Tumaso, Bein Bishogeg, Bein Bemezid Hurza. 
if it became tame when the Brisa says ben b'shogeg ben b'mezid that the tzitz helps, that's if the tuma uh, was ben b'shogeg ben b'mezid. That's when when it's going to be horza. That's what the Brisa was. What was our Mishnah talking about? The zrika was b'shogeg then horza but b'mezid lo horza. When the Brisa was talking about ben b'shogeg ben b'mezid ben b'onis ben b'ratzon ben b'yachid ben b'tzibur all of the veins. Uh, the tzitz is maratza everywhere. That's true in regards to how the animal became tummy. But as it relates to the zrika, that's not what that Bryce is talking about. When it relates to the zrika, the zrika is only good if you didn't know that it was tummy, if you were bishogi. But if you didn't be mazid, lo horsa. That's the answer of Ravina, that the Bryce was only talking about how the animal became tummy. And it was not referencing the zrika directly. Rav Shila says, you've all got it. All wrong. The diuk of the Mishnah was not real. Leave it alone. The language of the Mishnah was not meant to be medayik from. Let me tell you the din and let me explain to you why the diuk was there. Says Rav Shila as follows. Rav Shila Omar Zrika. So in regards to the Zrika too. Bein Bishogeg, Bein Bemezid, Hurza. In regards to the Tuma, I disagree with Ravina as well. In regards to Tuma, Bishogeg, Hurza, that if it became Tame Bishogeg, then the Tzitz will help. It's Hurza. It's going to be a wonderful Korban. Bemezid, if it became Tame on purpose, low Hurza would not be okay. I, what about the, uh, what about the fact that the Brisa, Elohadikatani, Bein Bishogeg, Bein Bemezid, well, you tried to do, use it over here for Tuma. But our Mishnah says it's for everything. Look back at that, not our Mishnah, the Brisa. The Brisa, which read Uriminhu, two lines into the Gemara, said that it's on everything. Dam, Basar, Chedav, Shenitma, doesn't make on everything. So how do we understand that? Brisa says, Rav Shila Hachikamar. This is Pshat in the Brisa. Nitma Bishogeg. If it became Tame Bishogeg, then the Zarku Bain Bishogeg Bain Bemezid, and your Zrika was either Shogeg or Mezid, then Hurza. That's how we understand the Brisa. What about the deal? What about the diuk that the Gemara opened with? The diuk the Gemara opened with sounded perfect. Look at the language of our Mishnah. The Mishnah opened that if the Pesach was Nizrak Damo, the Achar Kach No Tami, then it's Tzitzmeratze. Perfect. But that implies that if you knew, that is the implication. It's a very clear implication. That if you knew about it, then it would not be Meratze. So it says the Gemara, And therefore the Gemara made the diuk of Taima. The reason why we said that Tzitz was helpful was because you didn't know about it. But if you knew about it, and then you did the Zerika Saddam low, there should be no Hurza. That's not where the Tzitz should be helpful. You did the Zerika B'mezid. What about that diuk? So says Roshila, no. Who I did, it is in fact the case that your diuk is wrong. That if even if you did it intentionally, it's gonna work. That's not the problem. Oh, so that's true. Why then did the Mishnah use the language to be Madaik from? Why didn't you say? That if the meat became tummy, forget about when you learned about it. Who cares when you learned about it? Rav Shila says, no matter what, it's going to be Hortza. The tits will help in that case. So it says the Gemara, it was only there for structural purposes. Because the end of our Mishnah that we just learned at the top of this page says, So we want it to be poetic. Even though it's true that it's a, it, that in that case, that afilu nizrak be'achar kach no dalo, that there's not going to be hortza, tani reisha nami nizrak be'achar kach no da, just to match in language. So we said the language of be'achar kach no da, but it was not meant to make a diuk from. It was only meant to make the Mishnah structurally sound. 
We're going to stop right here at the two dots, Nitma Tumas Hatehom. We'll pick up here tomorrow, Mirza Hashem, with Daf Pe Aleph. Wishing you all a beautiful night.